Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hi, and welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. I'm here with Jared again. Hello, it's good to be back. And we are going to go on with our series. Today we're going to talk about being a wife and a mother, if God so blesses you with children. But uh, let's start by an icebreaker, and I thought we could talk a little bit about hosting, because as I've said before on the podcast, sometimes I get stressed out by hosting at this stage of my life when I have little children and lots of things to do. And we hosted a family yesterday for dinner, and I was thinking about it might be helpful to talk about some of the things that I do so that I can attempt to not sin and be watchful over my own heart in the day that we're hosting people for dinner. So so yesterday I did lasagna and a salad and then the other family brought garlic bread and a dessert and I also had a little dessert. But one thing that I did this time and the last time that we hosted was make something that I could make earlier that day or the day before so that right before they got there all I had to do was put it in the oven or warm it up. So like the lasagna I made yesterday morning and then just stuck it in the fridge and then all I had to do was pop it in the oven an hour before they got there. And that made the rest of the day really smooth with just like, you know, getting our schoolwork and housework done and all that kind of stuff. And then things were pretty smooth and settled by the time that we were hosting and I wasn't like being grouchy with people to pick up their toys. <laughs> mm-hmm. It worked pretty well yesterday, I think. And then last time I made gyros and I made the gyro meat the day before and then just had it ready so that all I had to do was warm it up. And then I made like a cold salad that was like a cucumber, tomato, feta cheese type of salad that was just in the fridge and ready. And what else did we have? Oh, and we had potato wedges with that. So all I had to do before they came was make the flatbreads and the potato wedges. Mm -hmm. So it was very simple and ready to go. And again, it's, it's like the hour or so before the guests arrive that I tend to get very snippy and... Like, why are you all living here and messing things up? Mm-hmm. So, so I've you went been really try- good yesterday. Though. Yeah, so really I've been good. trying to find ways to be watchful over myself as to not sin in that way. So those are a couple things that I've been doing recently. Can I butt yeah, in here? Yeah, yeah, please. Because I have a role to play in this as well. Yeah. And I'm learning my role continually <laughs> about this. And Doug Wilson talks about how a clean house is about picking up more than you put down. This is a huge piece of life that I need to pick up and learn and have been picking up and learning over the years. Because growing up, we just put things by the trash can rather than putting them in the trash can. It's and the drove most my interesting mother thing, people. Crazy. It's but like I don't do that anymore. No, no, you don't. No. But other unnamed people that we will not mention. Yeah. My father. <laughs> <laughs> so we You will like make a Keurig cup of coffee but leave the cake up right beside the Keurig. Yes. It's just really and then interesting. And leave a little mark on that. What's that thing called the that we got? The buffet. Yeah. yeah. It's just really interesting. Like, I don't understand it. But the, there's a difference between picking up and cleaning because we didn't have to clean yesterday because the house had been cleaned, but we did have to pick up. And so that's a good distinction, I think, with hosting is that if you have these patterns that we've been talking about, yes. and here's a plug for the print off cleaning, cleaning cards. cards. Yeah. That you can buy through Fruitful and Fearless because then you can have everything already cleaned. And then instead of having to deep clean right before, rush clean right before people get there, just pick it up. I mean, what is yeah. in the backyard that you have to pick up? What's in the living room that you have to pick up? The kitchen? Yeah. That sort of thing. So the house is already clean. You just have to pick up 
you yeah. know, things that are left out. Yeah. Because you have kids, most likely you who are listening in have children. And because you have children, there's Legos out, there's toy school guns, books, there's school books, there's, you know, a piece of clothing randomly, a sock on the top Socks. of the mm-hmm. Berkey or something mm-hmm. like that. Or and, in our house, boys' shirts, always, yeah. their shirts always fall off throughout the day. Right. <laughs> They're always so, shirtless. That was our process yesterday and things went really great yeah and then people wonder you know our, we've kind of got a reputation now of kicking people out of our house and these folks that were new at our house last night were so great about it they kind of knew what we do is we we enjoy spending time with people and we want people to feel welcome in our home we want it to be you know we talked about this kingdom outpost thing where it's like we want the kingdom of god to be experienced in life and joy and fun and we also know that there's regular patterns that we want with our children. Mm-hmm. So we don't let people linger. And not that these people last night, our friends, they weren't lingerers. No, not at all. At all. But uh, so. So we this just... may seem really weird and it may sound like we're being rude, but we try to do it in the least rude way. But we don't. We don't let people stay past a certain time because we go to bed really early and, and we wake up really early and we want to continue to host, but it also has to be manageable and maintainable for the long haul. Yeah. So to do that, we usually at a certain time are like, all right, guys, thanks for coming, but we're yep. kicking you out. Yep, it's time and, to go. And everybody handles it really well. <laughs> and I well, hope if, that no I one think, thinks we're being rude. But well, so I think because people know us at this yep, point. They, yeah, they know that know we're not our... being malicious or anything like no. that. But it is a good way. I mean, if you're going to be hosting people regularly, there's going to be some of your friends, and you know this, some of your friends are lingerers and then others are not. But you've got to be able to protect the time of your house if you're going to be using your house and stewarding it well as a gift to yourself and others as it is. Then you've got to be able to have a sustainable pattern and rhythm of hosting. Yeah. And a part of that includes keeping on schedule with your family. Mm-hmm. And some things are going to be, you know, there's, if you're you know sitting and talking with a couple and it's clear that they need to, talk and spend some time right. with then counseling. Right, then of course, like, Clearly. yeah, break the, break the routine yes, and, and do what needs to be done and exa- spend the time doing counseling. Exactly. But just a, a hot tip, it's okay to say, hey, we've got to go to bed, it's time for you guys to go. Yeah. And do it in a way that's respectful. And Or if there's other things, that if it's like, it's just not manageable and maintainable for our family to host if I'm going to do homemade everything. The point is the fellowship, mm-hmm. and the point is the discipleship, and the love that you can share between your family and others. And mm-hmm. hopefully, like you said, being a little kingdom outpost and being an example to others in your home. That's the point. Not the amount of time or not like staying up late or not the homemade meal. None of that is the point. So if there are things that make it easier for you, if you're, if you want to have some meat smoked by someone else, outsource mm-hmm. that so that is so the night is more manageable. Well, also hosting ebbs and flows in seasons of life too. Yeah. I think that's important for people to understand because mm-hmm. hosting is, this is turning into a hosting episode yeah, by the way, so yeah, we have other sorry. things to talk about. But I think it is important to realize that there's going to be seasons that you can host more and then seasons you can host yeah. less. You've probably talked about this, I'm sure, at some point. Maybe, but sometimes, I think it's Rachel Jankovich that talks about this in one of her books, but sometimes hospitality is to your family for a season. Mm-hmm. And sometimes being hospitable is just being hospitable to the little children that are yeah. underfoot. And then at other times, being hospitable is going to be like larger gatherings and stuff like that. But I think there are seasons where you have to just reevaluate where your margins are and what your family can handle for that time. Mm-hmm. And then just continue to reevaluate it, even a few weeks at a time, because sometimes things can change um, within just a matter of weeks. So You're, You should do an episode on that. Mental note. Okay. Episode on hosting. Okay. 
Sounds good. So what are we talking about today? Okay, so last time in our series, we talked about being a husband and a father. And today we're going to go on with a series talking about being a wife and a mother. I thought we could start out just by first talking about Eve and the creation of Eve and that God saw Adam alone in the garden and said, it is not good for a man that he should be alone, but he created a helper that was fit for him. That was Eve. And so she was a companion by God's design, a helper by God's design. The very first second that she was created, the air was breathed into her lungs by God himself that she was spoken to existence. She was a helper designed by God to be a helper. So if this feels demeaning to you or the term helper gets under your skin, it's time to just go ahead and get over it (laughs) because God created woman to be helper. So in marriage, we are a helper to our husband, we're a helper to our children, but just in life itself, women by design are helpers that we look for the need around us and help. And then Eve, the mother of all living things, um, we have the creation mandate given to them in Genesis 1, 28, um, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. I know you like talking about the dominion mandate. Do you want to say something about that? Well, it's a command that God has given both. So sometimes the commands of God in scriptures work like this. So in Titus Titus chapter 2, for instance, we love Titus chapter 2. In that chapter, though, there are commands given to older men and younger men, older women and younger women. And one of the things that's important for us to understand about the commands of God to the male and the female is that sometimes God is going to give us commands that are for mankind in general. That's the dominion mandate. So that it is a command given to both the male and the female to fill the earth and subdue it and you know multiply and have dominion over the fish, the sea, the birds, the air. This is a command to mankind. And in mankind, male and female are going to play their role in filling the earth and subduing it. And they're going to play their role as God has designed the male to live that role out and the female to, to live that role out. This is really clear in like Titus chapter 2. For instance, when God is saying something to the older man, when he says older men do this and do that, he's not speaking to younger men because it's a very specific and clear command to older men. And then when he switches and, sp- and begins to speak to younger men, then the directive is to younger men and it's not to older men. And the same thing with older women and younger women. So in the Bible, it's going to be important to understand the commands given to specific people and in specific ways. So the dominion mandate is given to given to Adam and Eve and then later repeated to Noah and his family. This is a mankind command. And then when you get into the scriptures about the male and female and how God has designed the male and female to work, you get gender-specific commands. So when God is speaking to the man when God is commissioning the man and prohibiting the man from doing certain things, so calling him to something and prohibiting him from something, God is specifically speaking to the man. He's he's making the man to work and keep the garden, for instance. He doesn't command the woman to work and keep the garden. He commands her to help him do this. And so her role is going to be unique in this. In the same way, when God builds a woman and both commissions and prohibits her from certain things, then he's speaking to the woman and he's not speaking to the man. Why is wired into our human bodies And then he's got commands that are built out in accordance with how he has built our human bodies in the male and female way that coincide with how we're we're built and and how we function. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, when we talked about last week about the male and the man who is the husband-father and these different hats that we wear, and now this week as we talk about the female and how she is going to be wearing different hats as a mother and a – or excuse me, as a wife and a mother – you have to think about how God has built our our bodies to exist. So a man is prohibited from, in his very body – having a baby. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 2022. Right. Um, men can't have children. That is a gift bestowed upon women that men are prohibited from. We cannot do. And in the same way, God has 
built men for certain things like protection. And in the marriage, we have a command to the men to work and keep the garden. And that includes implications about how we love and care for our wife and then love and care for our children as well. So when we talk about these commands and the dominion mandate, being a helper, or being a mother, these are specific things that God has gifted women with that men are not called to and that men cannot do or that we can do in a lesser way and not in a way that a woman can do. So these are very these are gifts that God has given women right. that he's not given men. Yeah, and I think it's interesting also to think about when you're talking about just the way that God made woman, like the way he made our bodies, our being, everything about us, and then gave us commands also that coincide along with those. The opposite is to be true also, that if you rebel against God command, God's commands, it's not what's good for you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is not good for you to rebel against God's commands because you're rebelling against the creator that made you, that knows everything about the way that you function. And you're saying, no, actually, I'm going to go completely upstream mm-hmm. and f- war against the way that I'm created, war against everything about my being, mm-hmm. and say that I know better. I think it was Elizabeth Elliot, the quote about the paperclip or the sailboat. Mm-hmm. Like, functioning the way that God designed you to function is always going to be better for you. Like. Yeah. A sailboat sailing with the wind is the way it's supposed to function, the way right. it's going to work best. A paperclip doing what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. like it's the essence of its being to hold paper, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And so whenever we obey God's commands, we are thriving in the essence of the way that he created us to live, yeah. that this is what is actually best for us, that when we submit to our husbands, it's actually what is best for us at a core being level. Yeah. Well, and it, when we get back, we get into ability. God has has designed the human body to work in such a way that men have abilities that women don't have, and women have abilities that men don't have. And these are really good. And it's it's in an egalitarian world, and in a world that rejects any sort of hierarchy, any sort of differences, and wants to say everything is the exact same. This is highly offensive. You guys know this. This is highly offensive. And for instance, like a, a man can be nurturing. Mm-hmm. A man can be, in some ways, maternal. Mm-hmm. But that's not his design. So he has, in some ways, the ability to care for a child who gets a, a scraped knee. Right. And he, he has the ability to do that. Sure. A mother has the ability to be a protector over her children. Mm-hmm. And yet... Just because they have that ability doesn't mean fundamentally that that's what they were built for. They have these abilities. And then there are certain things that we simply just don't have the ability to do. And like the male can't have a baby, like Mm -hmm. doesn't have the ability to do that. And women can't be pastors. They don't have the ability to do that. There's like abilities that are built into Mm -hmm. how we we function and work. And so what we're talking about today, when we talk about the, the woman having these unique giftings and abilities and callings, these are giftings and abilities and callings that have to be submitted to the Lord. And the fundamental principle of discipleship, of self-denial, is going to be included in this because you want to be submitted in all that you're able to do, mm-hmm. all that you're gifted to do. You want to have those things submitted to the Lord so they're guided mm-hmm. by what God has to say you are as a woman yeah. and you are as a wife and then as a mother. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into Titus 2 then. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. As we read this, whenever we see the words, so that no one will malign the word of God, we should see that our role is to be taken seriously. Things 
that these are things to be done so that God's word won't be maligned. So why would it be maligned if we weren't doing these things? So when you read that and you think, well, that seems a little egregious. Why? Why? Well, I mean, it's because the the demonstration publicly, Mm -hmm. when people name the name of Christ, bear the name of Christ, and they do that in a public manner, they're presenting themselves as a Christian to the public square Mm -hmm. and to their friends, family, neighbors, whoever. And when we obey, when we obey the Lord, what we're doing is we're honoring the Lord publicly. Right. So we're honoring our confession. Yeah. So when we say we are Christian wives, we are Christian mothers, that Titus is saying it should be so obvious that we are these kind of women, that that, that's what it means to be a Christian wife and a Christian mom, that we're busy at home, that we're kind, that we're subject to our husbands, that we're self-controlled and pure, that that is what a Christian wife and mom looks like, acts like, so that the word of God may not be maligned so that they they wouldn't say, wait a minute, that's not what a Christian mom yeah. is. And, and if you just think about, like do a huge survey here. Mm-hmm. And in, in no way, like we want ladies to feel convicted. That That is okay. So we absolutely want ladies to feel convicted. We don't want there to be condemnation. But no. one of the things that ladies need to consider, just like the men from last week, is that when, when there are things in the scriptures that are prescribing a woman to do some certain things and to live in a certain way, and you are not, and you look at your life, and you're thinking, okay, I'm living a different way, valuing different things. You should feel convicted. There should be conviction that you you need to repent of certain things in your life. And I think for far too long, ladies have been treated with kid gloves, and we've not been giving them the Word of God. Pastors have not, because we've been, been scared of ladies, scared of their reaction, and ladies are stronger than that. You can hear the Word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can respond to the Lord. And you can honor him. And here's the deal. If your life doesn't look like Titus chapter 2, if it doesn't look like Sarah, if it doesn't look like the ladies in the scriptures who are honoring the Lord, if it doesn't look like Proverbs 31 where your family is taken care of first and you sit on your giftings and abilities in the public square until the appropriate time, if your giftings and abilities have your heart in such a way that your children and your family is neglected, then you should feel convicted. Mm -hmm. And so what you're demonstrating to the world then is that the way the world functions, the way the world operates, the feministic values of society and much of the church is also your value and is your priority in your life, then you're going to revile the Word of God in the public square. And it's going to feel normal because like right now, everyone else it's exactly, <laughs> you will get praise for rebelling against God as a woman in 2022. You'll get praise from a lot of people. You'll get a lot of attaboys or girls kind of thing. And you'll get praise from all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. You won't get it from God. You shouldn't get it from your husband. You shouldn't get it from your children. You want to make sure that the life you're living is honoring the Lord, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that you love Jesus and he's bought you and he's bought you at the price of his very blood. And so you want to obey your master and King Jesus. And so these are commands that you want to look at. You don't want to scoff at. Mm-hmm. You want to obey. And here's the thing. Like I tell this to guys all the time and ladies need to hear, hear this as well. Whatever God has prohibited me from, or commanded me up to, whatever he calls me up to as a man of God, well then as a husband and father, my posture should be, sure, absolutely, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And if God tells me, don't do this, okay, well it should be, sure, okay, I, all right, whatever. And in a feministic world, 
when God commands a lady to do something that's different than what the world is suggesting and offering up on the platter for her to do, she she has a temptation to rebel against that as if God is holding back on her. Or if mm-hmm. God dares to say, you're not allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. Well, then there's this recoil that happens in a lot of women. And that's what's got to stop. And mm-hmm. so, ladies, if that's you, if you recoil at hearing Titus 2 and you just don't like it, or don't like that God calls you in certain places in certain times to follow Jesus' command, but follow Jesus' example of being silent, then there's something wrong that's happening in there. And your mm-hmm. posture should be always, okay, great. Yeah, of course I would want to submit to my husband. Of course, mm-hmm. that's what Jesus tells me to do. Right. Of course I would want to love my children and honor them and, and take care of them. Of course I would want to do that. Of course I would want to... Sacrifice of myself yes. for the sake of others. And of course that I would want to do the delegated authority that my husband's given me, if it's mm-hmm. to train my children, mm-hmm. then of course I would want to take that responsibility and run with it. It's an honor that God would speak to ladies. The dishonoring thing is that ladies don't see the honor in God saying, mm-hmm. do this and don't do this. Right. And so don't and rebel don't, And they don't see that. the protection of it also. I think yeah. they see it just as like a holding back and why can't I? And if I'm gifted in this way, why not? Mm-hmm. And and forget that maybe God is protecting women from something and loving women and knowing the creation that he made and bestowing upon them honor and protection. Well, and, and the gifts thing is the huge argument. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. like even complementarian circles and if you're aware of the discussion and saw complementarianism or just... Kind of uh, getting it, into a whole tangent about we are, preachers a little bit. But, but, but no, I think it's helpful because okay. it's a matter of giftings. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times with giftings, people think if God has gifted me to do something, if I have the ability to do it, and whatever it may be, and if other people are recognizing that gifting and saying, yeah, you're good at this, and, you know, cheering you on, you know, you go girl or, or whatever. Right, because, I mean, it could be, like, your CEO or something. You're yeah, really any, any, I mean, anything. And for every guy out there, too, whatever you're gifted in, mm-hmm. one of the things we have to realize is that if God gifts us with something with certain abilities, it doesn't mean that we have the liberty to use those gifts in any way that we see fit. Right. We still have to deny ourselves and bring those to the Scriptures and say, okay, God, how have you designed these gifts to function mm-hmm. properly? So there, there are and ways that ladies... does it fit within the parameters that God has created for my life right if i'm a wife right now if i'm a mom right now do my giftings fit within the parameters of what god has laid out and if it doesn't then denying yourself and denying your giftings for that season yeah and but or or even or using adapting, your giftings in a different exactly, way yeah. adapting your giftings and realizing yeah. okay how in this particular season of life how can i use this gift that i have mm-hmm. that god has given me for the good of the body yeah and how can i use that for the good of my family and it may be different, and it actually may be different in how these gifts are expressed yeah. in 15 years from now, mm-hmm. or in 20 years from now, or how they were five years ago. Yeah. But they're still being expressed and used in just a unique way, yeah. in a different and way. and being patient, and right. having the long view in mind. I just posted something today um, about this, and just like, so I am the queen of like not having the long view in mind. Jared is way better at this than I am, and he always is like, it's not going to be like this forever. And I'm like, are you sure? Is this just my life? I was having some back pain, which is really better now, <laughs> praise God. And I was just like, is this just my life now? Is it just going to mm-hmm. feel like this forever? And he's like, no, you have a backache. Mm-hmm. He's very much better than I am at that. But just keeping the long view in mind, like there are seasons of our life. Our, when your kids are younger, that is a season and they get older. Mm-hmm. And or if there's a season where you're caring for elderly parents, that is a season. And just being able to be patient and having a long view in mind <clears throat> And trusting that whatever God has for our life sovereignly planned, that that is what is best for us. And receiving mm-hmm. that with joy and gratefulness and a willingness to submit to his rule. And this, again, comes down to submission. Submission to God's word, submission to God's authority over us mm-hmm. and his sovereignty in our life. Are we willing to not be in charge of the outcomes mm-hmm. of everything around us? 
is it submission to your husband? Is that the problem? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's there's submission issues <laughs> yeah. that abound in this topic. But well, if we we sum, summarize this and bring it all together, okay? There's some words that can be helpful. I'm a definitions person. That's why I always talking about on my podcast. You know, what, what is a man? I've got six words, definitions, and I try to get things that are replicable and understandable. So let's piece <clears throat> this together. So a wife and a mother. Let's let's talk about as a wife first. Is a helper. She's to help and to submit. And first and foremost, she is a disciple of King Jesus. And then riff on this here in just a little bit. I want to throw this out just okay. to get some clarity. And then in Titus two, she's to be she's to love her husband and children as trained by older women, and she is to be a worker at home. So primary work, secondary work. So primary work at home. All ladies should be primarily working at home. And then out of the overflow of that, based on the talents that God has given a particular woman, she's going to be able to work outside of the home as long as the home is not neglected. And so different women are going to have different capacities. Different jobs are going to require different demands on a lady's life. Yeah, different margins. And so some women are going to be able to keep the home a priority and be able to work a, a significant amount of time outside of the home. Mm-hmm. Whereas other ladies aren't going to be able to do that mm-hmm. and aren't built in that, way, in that way and wired in that way. But the goal is always the primary, secondary. Primary is home. Mm-hmm. And then secondary is outside of the home. And uh, it's easy to write, you know, put lines in the sand Mm -hmm. and say, this is how it is with that sort of thing. But but I I mean, I think the primary secondary thing has been the way that I've tried to explain it that I think is is hopefully helpful for ladies. Mm -hmm. And I think it is good to say, of course, we are not justified by our perfect mothering or our perfect wife. Yeah, like manhood and womanhood. Wifedom, wifery. Obedience as a man and obedience as a woman is not the gospel, obviously. No, no. And I think think that people get confused by this because when you talk about, like, commands that God gives to women, they're like, this is legalistic. And it's not that. But can we not talk about anything that God has called us to? With any commands. You know what I mean? Yeah. We are not saying that you have to be perfectly self-controlled to be justified before God. Christ did that on our behalf. He was perfectly pure, perfectly self-controlled, perfectly busy at his Father's work. Mm-hmm. perfect in every way that we could be working. So knowing that all of our obedience to our commands is fueled by Christ and mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit indwelling within us, we should have peace in that as we go forward and trying to obey and trying to be the kind of wife and mother yeah. that he has called us to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about these commands, and I think guys know the general temptations of men because it's been teased out it's been talked about so much that men generally struggle with passivity or dominance and and that works itself out in a bunch of different archetypes of men and you see these kind of stereotype stereotypical men everywhere the lazy everybody loves raymond man or the dominant driscoll type of guy the commands given to men or the prohibitions deal with the heart issues of men in general they have sin propensities that are revealed in those commands. And in the same way, for instance, ladies, when you get into these commands specifically, these commands are built around things that are common struggles to women. And so why is it that a lady is commanded, for instance, to, to have to be trained to love her husband and children? Because most people think, well, maternal love, it's just always there. And, and yes, even like terrible mothers, in some sense, love their children. They love their husbands in some way. And yet there's some sort of temptation that's there. The older women have to actually train this and teach this to the younger women because there's some temptation there to think in mothering and in being a wife, there's a tendency there to struggle to do that practically. Mm -hmm. Even though your life is devoted to your children, it's devoted to your husband, there's some sort of temptation to not doing it out of love Mm -hmm. that has to be worked through and has to be worked out. 
love looks like something, you know? In a family, love looks like something. Like it looks like a wife and a mom doing certain things. Mm -hmm. That is how love is shown through actions and through words and through affection, of course. Love is also actions. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's not helpful whenever people won't talk about the practicalities of mm-hmm. Titus 2 ministry because to me I'm this is why we do Titus 2 at our church because mm-hmm. we're able to like on a larger scale teach things that can be a way that you show love to your family of course you can you know I'm, I'm sewing was the most recent one that we did so of course you could sew something for your child in a very not loving way mm-hmm. like you could do that you could really like not love them and make them something mm-hmm. Um, of course that's possible, but the whole goal of it is to learn things, to be taught things by older women and just women in general, to learn from one another ways that we can show love, that we can yeah. tangibly put the skin on love and, mm-hmm. and make them things, love them in ways, take care of them in ways, nurture them in really good ways, and also training up this next generation that's better at it than we are, that we can then press the gospel forward into more generations and more families and let it reach further and further. So as we think about the Titus 2 stuff that we do at the church or um, teaching younger women, I just don't want people to think of it in a workspace righteousness kind of way. I want them to think of it as loving your husband and children and doing good to them and Mm. honoring the Lord through it. Well, there's such glory in it. And I think that's the incredible thing about being a, a wife and a mother is you can really... In the end, God is going to hold the, the household and the household health, res- the, the responsibility of that is on the husband and the father. And yet, in that, there is so much of the culture of the home that's driven by mm-hmm. the wife and the yeah. countenance of the wife. Yeah. And if the wife is unhealthy, mm-hmm. the effects of that is going to be felt in the marriage yeah. and it's going to be felt in the children. Mm-hmm. It's going to be seen, visibly seen in the house and in the household. And so, ladies, it is critical that you're humbly walking before the Lord, that you're spending time with the Lord, that you're doing whatever you can to do that and make that a priority, that you're in the scriptures. I can't tell you how much joy it is when the culture of our home is being shaped by a woman who loves us, loves us practically, and loves us. She just loves us, and she loves the Lord. And so that is felt, and I see that in my children. I see that in my own personal life. And so, ladies, there is power in how you love your husband and how you love your children. We talked last time about the power of a good dad, mm-hmm. a good man in the home, and the power of a bad dad and the bad, of a bad man in the home and just the effects that that can bring. <clears throat> and I think that's exactly what you're saying. A good wife and mom is a very powerful force for good yeah. in the home that really great things can be done. And any mom that's honest can say that they see this. A a day that I am crabby, everyone feels it and they are Mm. also crabby. It is wildfire. And then also a day that is peaceful and joyful, it is wildfire also. And Mm -hmm. in a fantastic and beautiful way. So just being mindful that we need the Lord's help. We cannot do this by our own strength, but we need the Lord's help and being willing to take on the responsibility of being that force for good in our yeah. home. Right. So anyways, wives and mothers, we are women of God that are to be submissive. We are to be helpers to our husbands. 
We're to be home builders, wise, and not tearing down our own homes with our own hands. We're to be of noble character, to be a crown to our own husband. We're to not be quarrelsome. How many times does the Proverbs talk about quarrelsome wives? Like, that's a big deal. Stop being quarrelsome. Jordan Sparks, don't be quarrelsome. (laughs) Respect (laughs) our husbands. I've heard it said before, I think it was probably Nancy Wilson, to salute the uniform. (laughs) So we are called to respect our husbands and you often can feel, how can you tell someone to do that? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like a command to, I don't know. I can't think of an example. Well, it's a commanded emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a a commanded emotion. Which is not the only time that scripture gives us that. We also get rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Respect your husband. So anyways, Nancy Wilson talks about you salute the uniform that this is this is the role of a husband gets respect from the role of a wife it is given freely without conditions we are to respect your husband think about things that you respect about your husband remind yourself of ways that you respect your husband Um, this is something that men like it's hardwired into men that they crave respect is it not yeah (laughs) it's hardwired in men crave respect like it's hardwired in for ladies to be crave love yeah Yeah. love me show me you love me and um i mean aren't nine times out of ten arguments between a husband or wife are about love and respect. It's mm-hmm. the husband not feeling respected. It's the wife not feeling loved. Yeah. And I have also heard this before. The Just the whole notion of even if it's small things that you respect about your husband, voice those to them. Tell them that you respect the way that they always are mindful to take out the trash. Tell them that you respect that they've held down a job for so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? It may seem like a given, but... Tell them, hey, I really respect the way that you provide for our family and that you work hard. I really respect the way that you exercise. I really respect the way that you keep the lawn looking really nice. That's awesome. Um, Those are things that will bless him in ways that you probably don't understand. That if you were told little things about that he respected about you, it may not mean as much. But if he said, uh, this was the example that was used. Again, I I think this was probably Rachel Jankovic. But I think she said... um, If your husband were to tell you, I really love the way that you smile like that, or I love the way that when you first wake up in the morning, you do this little yawn, or, you know, like small things that a man may be like, that's kind of interesting that you would tell (laughs) to him. But to you, it's like, that's the sweetest thing. He really loves me, and he knows me, and he sees me. Just knowing that a husband craves respect. So respecting your husband and knowing that that is command. So just ending with... being fruitful, being fearless. That's the name of our podcast. So the dominion mandate that being fruitful, that, um, and not only with our womb, but also just with our life, living a fruitful life, trying to give the most of ourselves, give the most of what we've been given, make the biggest return on what we've been given, being the most thankful, the most joyful, and the most resourceful with the things that God has put in our hands and trying to do the very best with them that we can, being the most fruitful. And then also being fearless. I love this uh, sermon that Jared preached on Mother's Day a few years ago, and it was on First Peter 3, 6. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Just being fearless and knowing that there is nothing frightening to be feared. There is nothing, what's the quote about fear nothing of mortal breath? Oh, it's A.W. Tozier talking about 
the men that the nation needs mm-hmm. and the world needs. Christian men who fear nothing that breathes with mortal breath. It's yeah, awesome it's just quote. such a great quote. But same with women. Fear nothing with mortal breath. We're to fear God, not fear men, not fear circumstances, not fear anything but the Lord. And just being that kind of a fearless woman, we we don't do things for the praise of people. We don't we're not people pleasers. We're God pleasers, and not caring about what's happening in the world around us. But we're going to be fearless and obedient, carrying on with what God has us to do, the duties in front of us, being obedient to God, being obedient to our husbands, being lovers of God and our husbands and our children, giving of ourselves freely for the sake of the good of the people around us and the glory of God. Also, I think it's important to talk about. You mentioned this, but. The church is God's, the family of God. And one of the ways that ladies can be fruitful and walk in this is even if they aren't allowed to have children, and just pastorally, I understand that it's difficult for some ladies who may be listening in and can't have children, haven't had children, maybe they've not been able to adopt, and they're just working through all that kind of stuff. And all this stuff is really deeply personal for ladies. And so one of the ways that you can do this is in the body of Christ, you can still obey Titus chapter 2. And you may say, well, I don't have experience loving uh, children, but you do have experience loving a husband. And even if you're not married, you can come alongside and still pass along the things that you've learned over the years in walking with the Lord. And you can pass this along to ladies in the church and recognize that there's a family here. There's uh, younger ladies that you can come alongside as a spiritual mother and really parent them, uh, just mother these younger ladies. And the church needs that. And so if you've never been able to have children, and I know that can be deeply personal and painful even, trust the Lord in that and still be a mother to some ladies at church. Bring them alongside and, and walk with them. Take them out to coffee. Do, you, you have some abilities and some freedoms that some other ladies don't have who don't have the children, don't have grandchildren. And you can come alongside and, and really walk with some ladies and take yeah. care of them. Yeah, and I, I think it is quite possible and necessary for the Christian woman to live a fruitful life even without, even if they don't have children. Yeah. Even if they're single, like they're, it's that's still for them to yes. be fruitful and to have lives with lots of good fruit in it. And, and still being home-oriented even if they're uh, single. Yeah. And it's just a lot of good stuff. Anyways, thank you for listening. Also, if you want to check out the Fruitful and Fearless website, there's a lot of cool things going on there right now. My friend Becky just put up these cleaning cards that are incredibly helpful. I've started using them in our house. It's just uh, cards for each room of the house, and it goes through daily cleaning chores like for instance the kitchen it'll tell you daily things that you could do daily cleaning jobs for your cleaning schedule and then deep cleaning options you can also do and there's also um let's see like a whole house card that has things like change the air filter and all those different things it just takes a lot of the mental energy out of cleaning and it's also very easy that you can hand one to a child and say here go check these off for your chores today so anyways i hope that they're also helpful helpful for you they're under the keeping home group on the fruitful and fearless website so if you want to get a membership for six dollars is the lowest tier and that will get you access to the whole website and community and all the groups and um, the cleaning cards will be free for you then under the keeping home group or if you don't want to do the membership and you just want the cleaning cards they will be in the shop that you can purchase there's also t-shirts sweatshirt that looks super cozy that are available now um, and toddler shirts providence and i have matching ones and they're adorable the cookbook is available on there for PDF download. I just got mine printed off, and I'm very excited about it. I'm making Brianna Scroggins from House to Home Podcast. She was one of the contributors. I'm making her lemon crumb muffins for our Elders and Wives retreat this weekend. I'm very excited about those. But um, So 
Brianna and then Margot Voth and myself and Lexi Sauvé from Bright Hearth. We all contributed recipes and that is available under the shop on the website for PDF download as well. So anyways, www.fruitfulandfearless.com. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, everybody.